up, everyone? Welcome. Episode eight, our second midweek episode with a guest. I'm excited. Jared, I don't I don't know about you to have this person on. One of my favorite one of my favorite people in the world. He's going to deny it because I, I trash him on the daily, but WKDZ news reporter. Edward Allen Marlowe. Oh, you almost said sports. I almost heard it. I did. I messed up. Yeah, Jared, I knew you should have done that intro. That's my bad. My bad. No, but I am excited to have Ed on. You know, this was one of the first people I thought of as a guest when we started this podcast, especially with the time of year that it is. I have no uh, idea why, but I appreciate it nonetheless. You, yeah, I don't. You're well, one of those guys that like, again, love to rag on you, love to hate on you, Ed, obviously, but... 99% of the time, if I need something, I'm going to Ed. <laughs> like, done deal. Like, I've texted him random things at all hours, and... Yeah, I don't sleep. He's the one I go yeah. to. Yeah. I, I don't sleep, just to be fair. Just real quick, because we're already off the rails. Who made the logo for this podcast and so, for this video cast? My friend, Branda Sedaris, made this uh, logo for us. That is Dope as hell, man. I like, know, isn't it you, awesome? Like he used the lingo it. of the kids. It is dope as hell. Yeah, yeah it's a really I, cool logo. I was Bust thinking bus. um like like we gotta do a logo. We have to figure out like a really cool logo. And one of the perks of being in this business is we have friends that are much more creative than we are. Oh, absolutely. And, and can actually put action behind our words. Um, and I, I texted Brando. I'm like, Hey, I have this idea. She sent me one. I gave her like one add on came back with this and, and the pig was born. I want to go ahead and mention mine really quick. Just a quick shameless plug. I don't get to record as often as I want, but for those who inquired it's typically myself and Neil Bradley. And my logo was made by Jonathan Harkey, you know, obviously longtime oh. creative director. Um, yeah. If you go look at it for those who inquired podcast, I, it, it's just one of those things where the logo kind of came together. He stitched together a question mark with the words for those who inquired and it was gold. I, I mean, that's all he did, but, but he Bill's did Mafia. some, Bill's Mafia. yeah, he, yeah. Bill's mafia. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Harkey, right. of course, longtime creative director for Murray state university. Uh, did a lot of different special things from a video perspective and a storytelling perspective. And it led to a job with Buffalo bills. Uh, and he looks like he might be a long time bill as exactly. uh, he, he gets married this, this fall. So, Shameless plug there, but yeah, you, just to reiterate that, it's amazing what journalism can do um, yeah. because you're able to network with creative directors, writers, photographers, and every time that conversation happens, and I know we've all talked about it ad nauseum, but it's one of those things, every time we have that conversation, we think about what it would take to do our own thing, Ooh. and uh, we're just smart enough to not do our own thing is, is the deal because we know, we know what it would take, you know, from a, from a journalistic perspective, we all talk about how difficult, how rewarding, but how difficult it would be it to would maximize. Be, it would be fun. It would be, it's something like the joke is like, you're always writing a book. If you're a journalist, like you always like have those ideas in your head to write a book. Mm -hmm. Jared, do you not have any ideas to write a book? Oh, I, I've got it, but like, I never want to. Well, no, like you never actually write the book. Like I have, some people have do write the book. The book. Some people do write the book. Some and... people do write the book, Tyler. Give them credit. Okay, yeah, okay. Some people do write the book. 
whatever. But <laughs> they do. The point is, yeah, it's like we always have these. They also ideas. hide for a year. So you have what? They hide for a year, is what That's they true. do. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm, I just wanted yeah, like, to just iterate that. Like, that people disappear for a year when they write a, write a book. Yeah. Like, but no, like, we have all these ideas good. of how we want to create, like, our own outlet. But we also aren't immune to the fact of it would be really, really hard. Yeah, the challenge is, uh, and Jared, you experience this now in a newsroom. Uh, it's one of those things. You, you have work-life balance. Um, when you start a beat, you want to stay on that beat um, and you want to know everything about it. And I know that, that this will accidentally talk about kind of what we'll go into later, but you you want beat reporting to stay consistent. What you do for one organization, you'd like to try and do for another. Um, if you make it a preps unit, then, you know, what about college sports? How do you, Then how do you bring in regional sports? Then how do you bring in national sports? And how do you make that all fit into one area? And you just you know, you have to find a mojo and that's, that's tough to do. That's really tough to do when you create your own outlet. And that's why I, I applaud organizations that are able to create their own, uh, you know, situation. I, I like what the athletic did despite their millions of dollars of losses. They'll figure out what they're going to do. You what know? was it? Was it 52 million and then 51 million? 55 million this last year. So, you know, Ed, two things, first of all, what's a work-life balance? I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just, I hear about it. It's like a mirage. And num number two, um, don't apologize for a shameless plug. I will always shamelessly plug that you can, uh, you know, follow and subscribe to meet the press podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple, whether that's Spotify, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, now on TikTok. Uh, so, you know, don't worry about a shameless plug, throw one or two in here. We don't yeah, care. Yeah, awesome. We don't have time. My, um, I search, my podcast is on anchor.fm and I love it. i I, we just we just surpassed the thirty five hundred uh thirty fifth thirty five hundredth yeah that's how you say it thirty five hundredth listen um, oh okay yeah we're not there yet we're not there yet we're, we're far from I that promise way. you you're gonna get there I have gotten that over eighteen months it's been a very slow and steady pace just do po podcast about whatever you want to podcast about and if people want to listen they'll jump in and the best part about podcasts like this like Meet the Press like you know for those who inquired or anybody that creates their own podcast. You end up just coming up with subjects that you want to talk about, and they they can be timeless. I, I would hope this conversation is timeless. If somebody wants to listen to it a year from now, it's still going to maintain it will. Perpetu perpetuity and meaning. And because, that's, that's good. Because in one year, maybe not one year, maybe like 15 years, but John Morant will be the only player in NBA history with a rookie of the year, a most improved player, and a most valuable player. Mm. But – to get to the point to why Ed's really here, because as a man of many talents, no, a few. I know, I know, I was being hyperbolic. Yeah, but, it's like it's like a few mild things that all mesh into one. Like, yeah, word. exactly. Like it's a couple things that are like medium, and it equals high. Like, you, like your levels yep. kind of like add up. Exactly, um, a three here, a four there, a three there. It's like an all around in gymnastics. Like it all comes together. It's like a, hopefully like a twelve. Is that good in gymnastics? It's it's not. Oh, no. okay. Um, so obviously, we have high uh, expectations here on Meet the Press. <laughs> um, everyone has seen John Morant, what he can do in in Memphis. Um, I know. I I don't know a lot of people that have seen 
more of John Morant than Ed. Um, I know I saw him whenever I was in Murray. I, I kind of came in, I think I might have been gone or like on the back end whenever um, he came in. And and I, I guess just kind of opening thoughts about what that time was like because Murray, I feel like we, we, we talk about it in DM groups all the time about – Murray has these like different era of, of point guards, your Isaiah cannons. When it started with him, your campaigns, your, your Jonathan Stark, who I will die on every hill is phenomenal. And then you have your job. You you've seen, you've seen those different eras up close. What made that John Morant Murray state era, what it was, why was it so special? And we ought to build a campfire and like have me tell like a 25 minute story. I think, I'll try to keep this as succinct, succinct excuse me, as possible. Um, short, short is the word Ed was looking for. Succinct, yeah, it's just short. It's short. Succinct is a great word for short. Um, it was, it was honestly flabbergasting, fascinating, okay. um, phenomenal. Other, you know, f starting or f sounding words. Freaking fantastic, effing unbelievable. I the thing about wow. it is, even to watch Ja make mistakes, uh, which was naturally gonna happen as a freshman and as a sophomore, and currently in the NBA, you know, he's he's not a perfect player, but it was always a lot of fun to watch him figure it out. Yeah. And not just not just him, but his teammates, like the puzzle. And I know Jared can relate covering a, a terrific Western Kentucky basketball team as they meld around a lot of their, you know, their, their youth and talent. But you, you, you look at this situation with Ja, and from, from a college perspective, I was looking at the, like the back of my head. Cause I'm trying to like, think about just everything that happened For, more than anything. It was just a damn whirlwind, quite frankly. Yeah. I, I mean, especially the sophomore year, but I think fairly enough, the freshman year, I, Al Willman covered a game for me in Detroit while I was on, vacation and uh, of course that's his hometown so it was easy that racers played detroit mercy up at detroit mercy and he nearly had a triple double there yeah uh al uh, another game that al and ryan hermans when he was at the paducah sun they went and covered uh travis ford at slu at, at slu mm -hmm. and that was a game where st louis went one three one and nobody really could make a shot racers were up early this was jaw's freshman year Racers were up early and, and struggled late in the game to finish. That was a very low-scoring game. If you go check it out, I think it was like 59-45 or something. Just just grind it out, 3-1. I know but, I saw the Missouri State triple-double. I know yeah, I was, I was exactly. close that one. And so that's sophomore year. The, here's yeah. the crazy thing. Freshman year, John Morant averaged 12-6-6. Six, and six. And in a lot of minds, people are just like, eh, whatever, that's ho-hum. The number of freshmen – that have averaged 12, six and six in the last 30 years is less than 10. It's less than 10. Like it's just, insane. Uh, if you go to one of them was, one of them was Penny Hardaway. Penny if I'm right. Yeah. 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 One of I, and I'm one of them was uh pretty sure Damon Stoudemire and Ooh. Jason Kidd uh, were kind of the other two guys that you kind of put in that conversation as, as freshmen, and again, go double check my numbers, but I'm almost certain that that was the big storyline that year. Ja, of course, you know, made all of C, you know, discussions and all that jazz, but, you know, naturally player of the year was, you know, one Jonathan Stark. 
-hmm. and they won the OVC championship. I think I knew that things were about to get really special when Ja went to the Nike camp that summer uh, for Chris Paul. Uh, That's always a big time for point guards. And every video that came out of that camp near Winston-Salem was just him obliterating rims. Every video. Mike Mike Schmidt from ESPN, uh, Jonathan Gibney, you know, two or three other guys would just come in and be like, hey, this guy's tearing it up. This guy's tearing it up. And, you know, I remember when that same sort of traction started to, you know, get going for Isaiah Cannon, but he was older. Uh, that same sort of traction started rolling for Cameron Payne, you know, because he was a freshman turning into a sophomore, you know, uh, lottery pick. Uh, this was different. You know, this was a different. Everybody knows the Morant dunk where he touched the top of the square that summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the second time, and I never could report it, and I don't mind talking about it now, the second time when I knew that Morant was about to just launch into just ridiculous superstardom, and it's just a secret scrimmage. Nobody cares. But one of these days, I would love to talk to Kermit Davis. Kermit Davis, coach of the coach of Ole Miss. Their secret scrimmage, Josh's sophomore year, was Ole Miss at Ole Miss. And so they bust down there. Of course, that's Devontae Shuler, which is a you know former AAU teammate, big friend of Josh. Josh put up 37 in that secret scrimmage. And I, I've never reported a ton on that because it's like you're I'm not that guy that's gonna break that code. You know, but it, that was good. That was good. That it, was good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We we know what the code is. We know the rules. Yeah. And uh, I just wasn't gonna break that code. But I feel like at some point, if I ever write a book, or you know, as we talk about books, or a short <laughs> story, I hope at some point someone illuminates just what happened during that practice because that's all they are. And I need to take that for what it is. Thirty-seven points in a shoot around is thirty-seven I mean, points in a shoot around. It but sounds like you could write a comparison from the dream team scrimmage to that team scrimmage. I'm surprised you haven't you haven't done that one yet. Well, we had, a, I, we had another fellow media member take his farewell tour and yeah. do another thing. But I mean, come on, you could do that thing. Yeah, but you have to think about I I had well number one, I, Bidwell did such a phenomenal job. I I can't wait for you know the ten episode. 2011 12 Murray State men's basketball, you know, piece that's coming out. I mean, he's already delivered it, but it's, you know, I ordered the DVD and uh, looking forward to that. Hit my mailbox sometime this summer. But yeah, I, 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 I thought about it. We can, I'm sure I can answer some more questions about it, but they're just, it just, it was just, it, it's almost without, it's hard to find words. I, I can't even complete a sentence. I remember because it was just so, it was so quick, so. Something was, was happening every five seconds, man. When was Jalen? Was Jalen there two years with Ja or just one? Jalen was his backup sophomore year. Okay, so sophomore year, I think it was during the region tournament, maybe, and they came to watch. And because I covered Jalen, um, Jalen Johnson at, at Hop Town, right? I was talking to, to Jalen on the sideline and being Ja's backup and. I mean, they spent a lot of time together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're standing there, and like some, and it's me, Jalen, and John. Some people come up to John, want his autograph, and he turns around, and starts signing the autograph and getting pictures. And I asked Jalen, I'm like, is it like this all the time? And he goes, all the time. He goes, everywhere we go, everywhere. If, if we go out to eat, it's 
if we do this, we do that. I'm like, what are you saying? He goes, like, I take the picture. He goes, like, they have me take the picture. And he's like, they don't know who I am. And, and he's, and I mean, just think like in a town like Murray that, I mean, has become point guard you. Hmm. I mean, he's just another one in that line of, of really good point guards. And I mean, it's, I don't know if there's any other place to be, if there's any better place to be. It was, it was wild, man. Jared, I feel like yeah. you have a question right at the Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of these G5 schools, these mid-major schools and whatnot, they don't have many people covering them. It's usually one or two people at most. You were that guy at Murray State, um, you know, Bidwell too, like you said. Um, you know, you talked about that rise kind of that he had. What was it like for you, you know, covering him, being one of the guys that traveled around a little mm-hmm. bit, and, you know, followed him and got to know him? You know, what was that like from your perspective? that's a it's a great question there's a lot of different facets to that number one i just enjoyed the person ja was i mean and that whole team both years i you know there was a i mean sure there was some trash talking there was some shit talking that's that's life that's what happens it's what it's what comes with the game now and uh personally i appreciate it you know sometimes the trash talk is better than the quotes you get but you know when you take a look at the those two years number one uh, Jaws just extremely intelligent. You know, his IQ for the game is insane. And, and his quotes were, you know, pretty terrific and spot on about where his mistakes were, where his flaws were, where the team was from a barometer standpoint. That was a lot of fun. And as a reporter, Jared, Tyler, you guys know this as well as anybody, you know, you're reporting on the little details that become rudimentary. You know why someone's named a certain way or why they weigh this or their you know their 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 metrics are this or their averages or their consistencies or their their tendencies and their flaws. When national media shows up on the stage, um, um, I'm trying to think about this as delicately as I possibly can. I, I think I know what you're thinking. It's 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 tough. It's tough. First and foremost, I I truly enjoyed every national media member that I met along the way. I'm not going to sit here and say that I got big timed and 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 nothing came of it because that's not accurate at all. I will say what's tough is when you are in a hometown environment and you feel like you've been delivering the pizza all the time. And then someone else comes in and is like, you know what? I can take this pizza to the next level. I'm going to take this pizza into the clouds. And you're just like, but I want to take the pizza to the clouds. Why don't you let me do that? And, um, you know, I get it though, because from a, I'm going to, I'm going to dial that back. I get it because when an ESPN writer or a sports illustrated writer or a sports news or the athletic or pick an outlet, that's not your local outlet says, Hey, I want to spend three days with the team. You know, I want to talk and, um, you know, and, and get to know everybody and get to call grandma and, you know, take pictures in places that you're not allowed. That gives the national attention and the national cycle something to talk about, something to work around, good or bad. And when local reporters don't get that access because of a specific tag in front of the name, that's tough. It's it, I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to sugarcoat that and say that that is just the greatest thing that's ever happened because it's not. It hurts. Um, but the counterbalance to that is as a reporter, you then do get to network with those people. Right. Uh, you do get to have these conversations. You do get that phone call or that Twitter follow or that DM that says, hey, man, what's going on? What's up? 
what is this? Uh, what's this kid about? Mm-hmm. You know, and not just Ja, anybody. You, you see it at SIU. You see it at Western. You definitely see it at the mid-major level that those local reporters then become the bastion for all of the news. Mm-hmm. And um, I still very vividly, and this is going to sound totally crazy because she didn't even use any of my quotes, but I still very vividly remember. Um, I have got a, yes. Yeah. I remember Mirren Fader oh. calling me. Seriously, we had a 30-minute conversation, and I was in my living room, my crap-ass apartment in Murray, with my wife sitting in a lounge chair. I, I, I shit you not. I remember this like to the minute. And Mirren Fader calls me, Dave Winder, SID at Murray State. He texts me, and he's like, hey, Mirren Fader wants to talk to a beat reporter about covering Jaw. Would you be interested? And I was like, would I be interested? <laughs> And we talked for 30 minutes and if you, she never used a single quote and that's fine. I was not upset about that because she completely changed. She was in the middle of doing a story about what it was like to photograph Ja. And I told her that it was like covering the circus because you could never take your eyes off of anything that he did bad or good because he was either going to be an acrobat. He was going to dunk the ball. He was going to whip a pass. He was going to smile wink wave at the crowd you just never knew he was such a performer that it was like covering the circus it, it's and like he, yeah when i covered kiki tandy i mean adam bomb oh, over the cincinnati inquirer i mean or cincinnati exam uh, yeah what is it inquirer 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 uh i mean that's how him and i became mm-hmm. twitter associates right. and, and he would ask me about kiki and we would talk about kiki and things like that yeah and I did get quoted in a story, but whatever. That's amazing, though. But but no, Mirren Fader, go go ahead, go ahead. What you're oh, I was going to say, I know what you're saying, Tyler, because that's how I met Ed, because I was friends with him on Twitter and whatnot, and then I went up to see Ja Morant play when they were playing at More, uh, yeah, Morehead State. That's right. And I Ed remember was that. down on the sideline, and that's when I went down and met Ed. I Mirren Fader. So I'll I'll fade it, fade, haha, fade. I'll fade into something else about that because. She talked about, we talked about photography and what it was like to shoot Ja. She ended up coming to Murray, quietly like implanting herself with the team for like 48 hours, wrote a story that was completely different. But I always like to think, hey, I gave her some background to just get started. And and that part to me is fun. I, I can't put it on a resume. That's for me. I enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, ja in that respect she she pivoted to a different story angle and it was terrific i recommend it if you just google Ja bleacher report mirin fader you'll get his profile it's and it's terrific it's uh, really good uh, and i wish i was thinking earlier i wish there was a way and it would be pure hell to go back in our group's dms like after Ja did something at Murray, mm-hmm. like after his triple double against Missouri State, or after stuff like oh, that. Yeah. And because I, I mean, I still have. So this is a fun nugget, and one that I probably would use at some point. I still have DMs from James Kane, um, the recruiter and former assistant uh, men's basketball coach at Murray State, that helped Matt McMahon that that whole team lockdown jaw and get that recruiting class that included Shaq Buchanan and Tevin Brown. And you have this situation where 
James and I talked that entire summer about what the roster was going to look like and what the rotation might be. We're just taking early shots at, you know, hey, here's who we think might start here. Here's what we're looking at going into the fall. And I was taking guesses and I was like, man, it's going to be great when Jaws like the backup point guard. And he's like, oh, no, we're going to run it with Stark. And I was like, what? No, that that that's not going to work. And uh, yeah, that sure as shit worked. <laughs> and, like, but the best part about it was leading into it was in October. I, I've still got the DMs. I got the I got the receipts. Uh, the DM that I got, I went to practice. I went to one of the first practices for Ja. I think I actually was at the first practice that he kind of came out and did some defensive drills. And I, I I DM'd I DM'd James Kane and I said, "Man, Ja looks pretty good." I said, do "You th- I said, do you think he'll start?" And he was like, yeah, he's sure as hell going to start. And I was like, huh? I was like, you think that'll work starting a freshman at this level? And he's like, trust me, he's ready. Two games, excuse me, two games into the regular season, they played middle. It shows why James Kane should be a division one basketball coach. He will. He will not be. (laughs) Yeah. The, the, the middle, the middle Tennessee state game, you go look at that box score. Mm -hmm. Murray state hosts middle Tennessee, middle Tennessee wins. Nick King was, Really good. We know how good Giddy Potts was. Giddy the hell up, man, because that dude could shoot threes all damn day. And But Morant had a put-back dunk on a missed jumper from Jonathan Stark mm-hmm. where he dunked over the guy. But he came up and, and jumped over him. This is like his third D1 game ever, second D1 game ever. And I was under the baseline, like under the play shooting baseline when it happened. And I just looked at the crowd. And then I like looked at my phone and then I like looked at the crowd again. And then I just kind of stared at Jaw. and I was like, holy shit, dude. Like no freshmen don't do that. Like freshmen don't put back an offensive rebound over a guy for a dunk. That's an 18 year old. Yeah. And he did it. And it was absolutely bananas. And after the game, I messaged, I messaged cause, cause at that point, Kane had already gone to, to Dayton to be Dayton. with uh, with Anthony Grant for the mm-hmm. first time. Now he's back. And I was like, dude, you've got to be kidding me. And he was like, I told you, man, he's a pro. And that was in 2017. And yes. I still have the I still have the receipts. And that's just another small chapter of, of what was so crazy about Josh's college career. I probably have my receipts, either texts or DMs from Tim Hayworth telling me that that Jonathan or that um Jamar Sharp is going to go to the league. I probably have those DMs. Save them. Yeah, because I think Jamar, I think Jamarian definitely has a place in the league. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean like it's a one trick pony. I think with that size, that skill set, the way that he's able to step out a little bit. Uh, Jared, I'd love to hear your thoughts as you continue to watch, you know, Jamarian Sharp develop. I mean, we're looking at probably the college basketball's most prolific oh. shot blocker. Um, not even probably is statistically is what do you what do you see and what's it like to cover him you and know Jerry, he's staying you, you, yeah, that's no, yeah that's the other thing saying. what what, that, what, what yeah, is what this like we talked about this on sunday last, like yeah on the last podcast you had said something along the lines of i heard he's got a new home and i said oh, there's nothing official yet right you did you and, called it <laughs> and then the next day the next yeah see that's why you don't you know man you just tell them that you're like, I got this right. Well, no, I didn't really get it right. I just didn't get it wrong. 
and then Will Smith. I didn't know he was coming back at that point. There is, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, wrong with that. And that's it. There's a, there's a rule right there from Jeff Bidwell um, that, that I, I take heed to. You can have it first, but I'll get it right. And I think that that's a terrific rule to to hold. I do want to talk. I, I know we've, I've I've talked a lot about Ja. I know we'll are, talk. Are we going to abide him, but... by all of Jeff Bidwell's rules? Because that not goes... all of them. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a ride the hot hand. You know, yeah, definitely as a little bit more of a gambling soul. I, than I'm pretty I'm not, sure you said but... that's why him and I get along so well. Is because we're both similar in in certain senses. Well, I mean, you know, it, it yeah, I mean, possibly, yeah. maybe. But it's um you know it's one it's one of those situations where Jared talk to us a little bit about Mr. Sharp because there is a little bit of talk, you know, what he can be at that next level already. And I understand he's a little bit older than what Ja was coming up through college, but I mean he, he's got a cool story as well. I mean, coming up through JUCO ranks, born and raised in Hopkinsville, you know, now now starring as the centerpiece of the defense for uh, Rick Stansberry. What's it, what's it like to see him develop and what do you think his professional prospects are? You know, I think he's got incredible professional prospects. You know, everybody that I've talked to or seen post things say that he's a guy that's, you know, going to end up with a shot at least at the league. Um, You know, I had talked to Tim Hayworth, just like Tyler had said um, after Jamarion's first ever start at the division one college level, he had a triple double in that game and, uh, Tim Hayworth was sitting courtside, so I went over and found him after the game, talked to him a little bit. But, you know, he's just so good defensively because of his ability to block shots. He led the nation in block shots per game last year. Uh, right. Seven foot five, tallest player in D1. But These aren't just. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to get a shot just yeah. on that. But if he can develop more offensively, and we've talked about this before, um, you know, I think the sky's the limit for him. You know, most of his points came on dunks. I believe he had the highest field goal percentage in Western history single season last year. But if you take away the dunks, the the makes, the attempts, I believe he shot, um, you know, in the in the 40% range, uh, 42%, 45%, somewhere in there. Um, and, you know, obviously you want yeah. that to be a little bit better with the number of shots he's taking in the proximity of, you know, the basket. But, you know, the sky's the limit for that kid. And he's just like you said with Ja, he's a good kid to, you know, talk to and get to know and, when you're traveling with them on the road, you get to know them a little bit more than, you know, just the typical press conference at home games where people show up to because you're yeah. you know, in the back hallways, you're in a volleyball closet, you're in, you know, who, who knows where you're at for these interviews, but oh, it's, it's you know, unreal. He's yeah. He's definitely been, you know, a fun one to get to know. I'm glad he's back just, just because of the person that he is, you know, and, well, go yeah, ahead, Tyler. And he is a good kid. And I, and I got the, the, the chance to cover him um, in high school for those that, what is it, Ed? For those that inquired? For those who inquired, yeah. For those who inquired, I'm sorry. Um, Ed's plug podcast. Um, shameless he, plug. Shameless plug. He was not 7'5", walking the um, halls of Hoptown. He was no. like 7'2". I will say that. He was still pretty freaking tall. Right. Um, but he was one of those that... I saw him on a regular basis in high school. Whenever he was that tall, he was, he was still seven, two, seven, one, mm-hmm. seven, two, the senior year. Of high oh, school. Yeah. And it was still jarring to see him because I mean, Jared, you've seen him up close. Like I went up, I saw him one time. I forgot where I was. And we did the little like handshake half hug. And I like got a, like a face full of elbow. 
And yep, I'm like, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> like, it, and people look at him like I, I've went to, like I've walked in gyms with him before. Either it was either JUCO or, or high school. We were side by side, and and people looked at him and just like their eyes just gazed as he walked by. Mm-hmm. The, num- or, the number of the number of times I've had to wait for an interview for him to take pictures with someone else just because of how tall he is. It, right. I, I don't even know how many it is now. And he always does it with a smile on his face. He never. Yeah, and he's like yeah. has an issue with it. It seems so. Right. That's just the type of kid he is. One of the things that I want to say metrically about Jamirian Sharp is that. You, you watch his tape. The blocks aren't all just, well, first of all, Manute Bowl was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's who I think about when I see Jamirian. Probably a little bit more refined outside game, although Manute could hit a three every once in a while. What I like about Sharp's defensive capability is that he can come out to the perimeter. That's probably my favorite yeah. part of his game. At 7-5, you're going to get blocks around the rim. You're going to Rudy go bear mm-hmm. some things from time to time. I'm not going to deny that. You, with, that si- with that size, you're going to be able to deny the paint, and you should be able to. That's the point. But when you have that size and you can actually get a little bit out in transition mm-hmm. and help deny 15-foot jumpers and the occasional three-pointer that you close out on, that's unbelievable. It's and the Anthony Davis effect. Yeah, it's absolutely. And that's where yeah. I think he's going to find extreme value mm-hmm. as the space game continues in, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you just look at him and seven foot five, you've got a chance to be, you know, you get noticed a lot. You know, sure. He was the number one JUCO prospect, you know, on his way to Western. You know, we were talking about John Morant. He's a guy that, you know, I believe he just posted the other day. He didn't have any stars coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. And Ed, we had I'll, talked I'll talk about, about this. That where, yeah, yeah, we had talked about this somewhere. He's from in Dazzle, South Carolina, because Western Kentucky tight end Josh Simon is also from that same town. Mm-hmm. He played at Crestwood High School there. Um, and, you know, I think he's got the, the shot to be the next Western Kentucky tight end to go play in the NFL. Sure. And, you know, we had talked about that and all the famous people that had come out of there, you know, Ja, Josh Simon, Tyson mm-hmm. Williams, who's now with the Ravens, you know, Ray Allen came from there. Right. Um, you know, Josh Simon's high school football coach played football at Clemson, too. I talked to him for a story mm-hmm. I did. You know, how does this kid go, you know, unnoticed and then be one of the stars of the NBA these days? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's a great question, and uh, there's a lot of stories on it, uh, and I certainly encourage anybody to just Google John Morant, but the one thing that I was able to discern over time was just, you take a look at where he came from, from an AAU perspective, and it was so easy. This is going to sound such like coach talk, such so cliche, but it's like when you're hanging out with all the stars, how do you shine the brightest? You know, like that, I know that sounds so lame, but like it's so true when you're playing with Devontae Shuler and Zion Williamson and X other factors, like all of a sudden you're just the next guy. And I think the one thing, and I'm not knocking anybody, they had a terrific AAU team. Just, I mean, seriously, some of those mixtapes are absurd. But you take a look at what Ja was coming out of high school. And I think the two things that maybe dinged him the most, and they still get talked about in the NBA today from a health perspective are his size and his frame at six, three 180. I think there are a lot of people and he was, he's, 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 he's a bit, uh, the word I would use is wayfish, uh, svelte. Can you, can you define that for us, please? Wayfish is it's yeah. like, uh, it's like wispy. I wanted to punch you through the screen. That's fine. You're allowed to do that, but can I don't get a country of origin. Yeah. It's like Pineapple. spelling bee. Kate is. Kate is is the country of origin, dude. Pineapple. Oh. And so the thing about it is, I say these things because 
Jaw's not weak at all. Like, not even close. I The man is absolutely South Carolina gristle. But his size, I know, right? That's a great way to describe it. I him. love that. I his, love that. His size is, is it just causes him trouble. He's not seven foot. He's not 6'8", 220. And so now all of a sudden, coming out of high school, he wasn't even 180. When he got to Murray State, I'm pretty sure if you ask trainer Eric Frederick or, or Dave Winder when they're doing the lineups, and you know this as well as anybody, Jared, you've seen it too, Tyler. Is yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead and list him one eighty. List him. Yeah, 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 he's six two. He's six. He's six two. Oh man, doing postseason yeah. teams. Hey, how tall is this guy? Ah, uh, I think he's six three with shoes. He's, yeah, he's we'll six. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> don't you know he's six eight? He's six eight. No, he's yeah. six six. He's six six. No, man, he's two twenty. No, he's two oh five. He's two oh five, and he drank a lot of water last night. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that you see coming out of high school, and it had nothing to do with Jaws' game at all. Zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew when he and Tevin Brown and that, you know, that famous meeting with James Kane and, you know, flying Matt McMahon in, they knew even then that Jock could score and he could pass the basketball. Two things that are absolutely critical for the game of basketball, you know, ask James Naismith. But it, it was just one of those things that, like, he just didn't have 6'5", 220 written all over him. Right. And because of that – I think now he should he have had one star or two? Yeah, probably that would have been a great start. Um, but I think just his size, you know, he didn't, you know, and T, his father, T, who's getting a lot of publicity right now and, and deservedly so, should. He's he's been he's that's something I want to address right away. That, that's been asked of me the last couple of weeks. T's been there every step of the way. So is his sister, so is his so is his mother. You know, they've been there literally every step of the way. This isn't like a new thing mm-hmm. where they're just, oh, hey, Jaws a star, so we're with him. No, they've been with him since he was like, no stars. We're getting you to AAU. We're 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 jumping on tractor tires. That's legitimate. Like he probably from time to time still jumps on tractor tires. Mm-hmm. I think the NBA workout regimen's a little bit better now, but when he was growing up, and T's even talked about this, Jaws vertical leap changed in high school. And by then the recruiting cycle was probably already over. You know, he wasn't dunking the basketball until later in his high school career. And that's when things truly, for lack of a better euphemism, really started to take off for him. You know, to kind of wrap up on Ja, um, you know, he's doubtful for the remainder of the playoffs. This is being reported um, on a Wednesday night. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, in the game at this point, just disclaimer for all those listening on the, podcast um but you know bone bruise in his right knee considered doubtful for the remainder of the playoffs so either way um you know it, it's gonna wrap up the season probably you know what's it been like watching him you know early in his nba career and especially these last few weeks where you know you were the guy watching him before everybody was watching him mm-hmm. and now everybody has their eyes on john moran i think my favorite thing still is about how he figures the game out um yeah, just to kind of bring it all full circle for me. And again, I, I get knocked a lot for, you know, maybe being a homer or just saying this and saying that, and that's totally fine. I'll take that. You know, that's a, He's I right. guess that's a, I guess that's a fair label, but the one thing that I will say is win or lose when guys like John ja Morant campaign, Shaq Buchanan, any racer in the professional, you know, atmosphere, when they figure it out, it's fun to watch that. And when they fail, I don't want to say it's fun to watch it, but it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do to figure it out? You know, take a look at a guy like Cameron Payne, who 18 months ago 
24 months ago was playing in China and then got the call for the bubble and things have been on a different trajectory for him ever since. That's been a fun thing to watch and a fun thing to, you know, to talk about. It was fun to talk to Cam earlier this year, uh, right after January had a, had a unique opportunity where he was able to give me about 15 minutes of his time for my podcast. And I, and, and I, I'm thankful for it. You know, Cam hasn't been able to do well in the playoffs this year, but he had a great regular season as a backup. We'll see how he responds as the playoffs continue for the Suns. As for Ja, um, again, I'll just go back to the fact that it's been absolutely riveting to watch him figure out defenses. And I'll tell you something else too. I want to give some props to, you know, uh, you know the Bill Street Bears and and all this different, all this different coverage that comes out of Memphis, Drew Hill and and Michael Cole and Evan Barnes and you know these are all guys that I'm now reading. You know, I'm watching them figure out Ja and learn about Ja and the, and just the team around him. That's something else that I think goes a little bit unheralded is it was fun to cover Ja in college. It was a hell of a lot more fun to cover the entire team mm-hmm. because it was fun to watch how everyone responded together mm-hmm. uh, through success and through failure. Memphis is no different. Watching Memphis figure it out with their bench guys and their rotation players and how to fit Ja with them it's, it's fun to watch Ja figure out where his players are most successful. That comes with his position as a point guard. It's his job to figure out where guys want the basketball. But, you know, I, it's, it's no different than what it was like for you to watch, you know, you know, Bailey sling it as a quarterback, figure out where guys want the football. That, that's what that is to me. That it's watching Ja was like watching him figure it all out and then take that to the professional level. I like the fact that he silenced some doubters. I think one of the biggest questions going into the NBA was, could he finish among the trees? And uh, year three, he leads the league in points in the paint. It's unbelievable. He's 6'3", 180, maybe 185 now, and he led the league in points in the paint. It's absurd. Now, he only got to play 60 games, 58 games, and I know that that's probably one of the things that he'd like to see improve moving forward is his stamina, his strength, getting his knees braced. Question. Question. It's Ed. insane. Yeah. How many he played? How many games? Fifty-eight. How many more is that than Zion Williamson? It's fifty-eight. It is fifty-eight. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was the math, but I wasn't sure of the math. But I thought that. I, was the math. Now I, I'm going to counterbalance, and I think this is a fair way to we can talk about it, some other things. And again, more questions about Jod. I'm happy to answer. But the one thing that I will say, I'm not ready to hate on Zion yet. I can't do it. Um, he's still young. He's still, you could tell by the end of this last series with the Suns, he wanted to play. I don't know what sort of narrative is coming out of New Orleans about that situation. Like, I, I'm not going to pretend that I even know how that narrative is supposed in. to be going. I, I think he's locked in to New Orleans. And I, yeah, I, I, but I just, back, I just, I, 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 like, I would have loved to have seen him play against the Phoenix Suns. I, I would have loved it. I think it would have been great. Um, but, I'm not going to hate on it. You know, he's, he's a guy that has, you know, some health issues. He's trying to figure those out. We know when he's healthy, what he can do 60% from the field, a rebounding machine who can get out and transition. Uh, I, I think that that's certainly all, you know, but look, look where we were five, six years ago with Joel Embiid, you know, like nobody knew if he was going to be healthy enough to come out of college. And then, yeah. you know, and then he was part of the process, you know? And so it's just like, and we've trusted that process now. Joel Embiid was nearly MVP this year. 
behind that, Nickel, you know, still just... a thing? Is post the process still a thing? Ben Simmons I mean, was part of the process too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trust that. He I mean, that was the issue. There's no, I, I, Ben Simmons was part of the process. There's no question the man can play basketball. It's just a matter of where his head is. When heart. have you seen him play basketball? Look at his numbers, uh, man. He can play LSU. Basketball. Was it LSU? No, it was not Where LSU. My biggest, my biggest problem with the whole LSU situation with Ben Simmons was that he basically came out and said, I don't care about college. And I understand that that's part of the game now. I get that. We can. That's a whole separate other podcast about NIL and, and your college experience. And I, and I get that education is not for everybody. But, I mean, I, mean, I, guess, I'll, I guess I can give him a little credit. He came out and was honest about it. He's like, I just don't care about college. I'm ready to go pro. Was it? And you're just like, okay, all right. Cardell Jones did. Was it Cardell Jones? Yeah, Cardell yeah. Jones. I'm not here to school to, or something. Yeah, we didn't come to play school. We came to play football or something. We didn't like come that. to play school. Oh, I love it. So I, much. I I grew up an Ohio State fan, so I love Cardell Jones. I, I and that's a great watching, quote. I loved watching, you know, JT Barrett, you know, Dwayne Haskins, Braxton, or all of those guys. Of course, you and Evan Dennison get along. Good lord, you and your stupid Ohio State fandom. God, well, I've lost a lot of my fandom in this job just because I spend most of my Saturdays working. It's super hard yeah. being a fan. Yes. People get on to me about being a homer all day long, but I just try to call it like I see it with a little bit more of a positive no. spin. But that's a fair point. Tyler and and you, Jared, have brought up a great point. And, and it's something that I have to think about, actually. Like, I've been called out for it for being callous. And I, and I have just recently, just within the last three months, about how callous I've been about certain changes in college basketball. How could I you know, not understand how fans feel. If and you're I, callous, then I am toxic. Oh my God. I'm acid. While we're talking about changes and while we have you on the meet the press podcast, which you can find on the Apple store, um, you know, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, mm-hmm. another shameless plug. See, told you. Well done. Murray State, I know you're not full-time covering them anymore. There's been no. a lot of changes this offseason. Um, you know, some people happy, some people not happy. What's the outlook on the racers? I, my opinion is I, I love the way that recruiting has gone. Um, you know, you have to take a look at it from all these different perspectives. Uh, Kevin Saul, athletic director, had many, many opportunities and, and uh, different avenues. It's, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure, okay? There wasn't a slam dunk decision on where you go. You could go the, the seriously. So hear me out on this. You could go. Well, I was going to say the choose your own adventure. That is exactly what Kevin Saul does. Well, but, but what I was going to say is the choose your own adventure. Every athletic director has to make this decision about which like choice you're going to make and why you're going to make that choice. It's like a, it's like a talent tree. It's like, well, do you go, the experienced route in a transition to the Missouri Valley? Do you go the young, sure, hot shot that's going to maybe get you 25 wins three years in a row and then take the next big-time job, which is not uncommon in Murray State men's basketball history? I hear or, a lot of similar stuff you know, right. about Rick Stansbury, whether you keep him or not. I mean, if you get rid of him, the next guy's going to be gone in three to four oh, years, whether he's good or bad. Right. Okay. So again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say what I believe or what I, because what I believe matters very little in the scheme of the universe, much less Murray state men's basketball. What I believe is infinitesimal to what like the world and how it works. The third and final path that you can take in trying to hire a coach of 
any sport really, but especially men's basketball is eh, tepid. We're just going to go, eh, okay, we, we made a hire. We're, we're moving on. And I think what Kevin Saul did is he got the experienced hire. And I think that's what made the difference between him going versus that route versus going the young hotshot route. You know, say like a coach that had just won an NIT uh, or <laughs> – or 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 an or an assistant that maybe has never been an assist, you know, in a head coach position. So you had this well, scenario at that school and previously recruited a player to that school that that may that's, or may not rhyme with Ma Durant. Yeah, that that's been mentioned a time or two, uh, and and I'll I'll say it. It's fine. You know, James Kane. You know, certainly, I think was in the conversation. I think I just said Ma Durant. I know. Yeah, that was a, that was a terrible was, rhyme. I was, was over here judging it. Yeah, that's that's like a three out of ten. But you, I mean, you had you know Shane Nichols was interested, former assistant at Murray State. I know several individuals on Matt McMahon's staff now at LSU were interested. Do I have the paperwork in front of me to know who actually applied? No, I don't. Uh, I've heard some rumors, and you know, rumors are. Whatever, you know, it is what it is. I know some young coaches were interested. I know some savvy veterans were interested. And uh, I know that Steve Prohm got the job. And you take a look at what's happened now moving forward. Steve has a lot of experience in where the Missouri Valley footprint is. I know that he had some tough years at Iowa State. He also had some great years. Uh, A couple of those years probably were, you know, some Fred Hoiberg, you know, residual situations. There were also a couple of years that were completely Steve Prohm and his staff. So uh, you, I think you take it for what it is. Um, the one thing, two two things. Well, there's lots of things I could say, but two things that I would like to say. Number one, I was impressed with Steve's press conference um, from Murray State University because he immediately came out and said, this isn't the same job I left. You know, And that's a great point. Number one, it paid homage to what Matt McMahon had built over the last seven years. You know, A lot of changes since... Steve had left with campaign as the lottery pick. Number two, Murray State's going to the Missouri Valley. And for as much crap as this man over here, Tyler Dixon, gives me, one thing we do definitely agree on, the Missouri Valley is just a great conference. And not only is it a great conference, it's a a marked step up from the Ohio Valley. So it's one of those situations where Steve can look at this and truly say, yeah, this might be Murray State because I've been here but it's not the Murray State that I know as a former head coach of here. It's a totally different ball game now, and we're going to see that this fall. And I'll follow that up by saying, I, you know, the, the Racers have three scholarships left. And you take a look at the mix of guys, you know, a couple guys that have stayed, uh, Rod Thomas, walk-on, uh, DJ Burns, you know, centerpiece forward, uh, elite offensive rebounder right up there with uh, Oscar Shibway statistically in offensive rebounds. And you take a look at the guys, D2, D1 transfers that they've gotten over the last couple of weeks, again, with three scholarships to go. I think there's a lot to be proud of. You're short. You're you're short in the post position. You are extremely tall at the wing and guard spots, which I think will play out well. Now, if you don't land a big – with one of these three scholarships, the I, I don't. Rockets tried this. Well, yeah, the Houston Rockets tried, and they were relatively successful with it for a while. Um, I mean, yes, it it didn't exactly go well in the playoffs for them, but I'm just saying they they, they won a lot of games when they were running, you know, Russ and and uh, and and James Harden out there. But 
the number one thing, and I'll cinch it up with this, the number one thing that I think a lot of people are really frustrated with is this perception of a lack of loyalty. And that perception, whether I agree with it or not, is that the changes were so rapid, so fast, and they expected a lot of these guys to stick around from this 31-3 and season, and it just didn't happen. A coaching change, the transfer portal, and the changes that have come with that over the last five years, and, um, you know, and, and some of the guys choosing to follow Matt McMahon and that staff down to LSU, I don't see anything wrong with it, but I've been told that I'm wrong. And, um, you know, you that's okay. That, did you tell them that they were wrong? I mean, I've had that conversation. I, I don't necessarily. Are. Well, he's not supposed to do his job. Like, do people le- legitimately don't take players that are good? I, 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 it's not, un- here's the thing. It's not uncommon for coaches to have their players go with them. What is uncommon is their immediate eligibility. And that, I think, is what is going to rub people a little bit the wrong way, is they just feel like it's a free-for-all. They feel like it's a mercenary position and um, the, that the freedom is too much. Um, I'm not in that camp. Yeah, a lot of people I, I, think freedom is too much. Well, I'm, I, again, I'm not personally in that camp. But the one thing that I have had to learn and, and over time is that, and this is where I'm going back to that callous discussion, is that, Whereas I'm trying to look at it from a both sides logistical perspective of who feels one way and who feels another way and why they feel that way. People are entitled to their opinions, whether I think they're correct or not. And as a reporter, that's something even I'll be no, seriously, Tyler, I'll I'll be 37 years old in three weeks, some timeline, whatever time is relevant. Gosh, I'll be 37. Like, I, I still have so much to learn, and well, I don't necessarily agree with those opinions. I, I don't. I, I have no problem stating that. There are but, some opinions that you know are wrong. Hey, they feel, they feel wrong. That, yes, that dude's a racist. That's a wrong opinion. That well, doesn't feel wrong to me. That's a wrong opinion. Yeah, but racism and the transfer portal are not equitable. I do want to oh, say that. Like, I'm sorry. I it's do. very Kentucky. They have a slate. They have a, a statue in town square. It's still I relevant. I know. I have pictures of that statue, Tyler. Do I live. I live pictures of it painted and unpainted. Yes. Well, I do. okay. We talked about this the NIL the other day. These are college kids. That's my take. Like. I understand if you're pissed that you're a, a Murray State fan, you die in the bank, you do all that. Whatever. I went there, I got a degree, I own a crap ton of I owe a crap ton of money because of that place. Sure. Am I gonna die on that hill? No. And am, am I an SIU homer? Maybe. Like, but I feel like I'm I'm objective, yes. but I feel like I'm objective enough. I said the other night, SIU is doing nothing right now. Brian Mullins doesn't know how to recruit. That's what it looks like right now. So I know I can be objective on Murray state. I'm, I'm sorry. They, um, whatever. I mean, to be completely fair, we're going to get to see this up close and personal now with the Missouri Valley move. I the mean, Tyler Dixon alumni bowl is going to be a conference matchup. Yeah, no, it, it's a conference matchup now in all sports so soon. soon. It'll be, it'll be football in two years. So number one, like I said it on Sunday, if a kid doesn't want to play at your school, let him go somewhere else. 
I, I'm of the notion that if they don't want to play at your school, um, you don't want them in your locker room. Now, what I will say, the counterpoint to that from people that I've talked to is that they just from a it's a loyalty exactly you just right. it's a loyalty argument it's a who cares if you don't want to play for that coach you should be playing for the the letters in the front and not the name and the number on the back i don't feel that way I, 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 maybe i'd be different if i were a player but i i'm of the notion that you should be where you are most successful and if that's with a specific coaching staff if that's in a specific city um if that's comes with a certain amount of money uh, that's not my place to say the amount of money you can make. It just isn't. It's not my place to sit here and look at you and say, you can't go make money somewhere else or you can't go be somewhere else. That's a that's a freedom thing. And and for me, um, big fan of freedom. Just, you know, freedom of choice. Choice. It's all about choice. You choose to be loyal or disloyal, or if you can even pin it to loyalty, then go for it. That 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 it is your choice. It is your decision that you have to make and your maker and not mine. <laughs> like well, I want, we're about to hit an hour and I want to wrap up at an hour, but I want Jared sure. to touch super quick on Jamari and Sharp came back. Like, I just want to touch on that super quick. I feel like the reaction's obviously been good. I mean, I, I don't feel, but I don't feel like there was a lot of people that were saying a lot. Was I just not seeing it or there are not a lot of people talking about it in in Bowling Green until like literally like the day before when all the Mizzou stuff started coming out. Yeah, no, there was a lot of people upset okay. when he decided to go in the transfer portal um, just because, you know, during the season he had talked about how Western was his dream school. Right, They're like, right, oh, right. yeah, dream, dream school for a year until the NIL money. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he's back now. People are happy. They're glad to see him back. You know, some people, you know, there's going to be probably a bad game and people are going to say, oh, we shouldn't have taken him back. Right. But there's right. probably going to be more good games than bad. It's going to, you know, outweigh each other. And it, like, it's a, it kind of goes back to what Tyson Helton, the football coach at Western Kentucky, always says is like, they rely so heavily on the transfer portal now that they want to, you know, have it be fair both ways. Like, mm -hmm. if a kid wants to go see what else is out there, they want to give them that opportunity. But that is a great point. Still have a home here. Mm -hmm. You know, so that, that's kind of yeah. how I. I feel like that situation. If you think two things I want to add to that, and I'm glad we've gotten into this discussion, two things I want to add to that. If you think for one second, a coach isn't trying to over recruit you like to get better, like, mm -hmm. okay, you're going to sit here and tell me that a player. Now I understand we can hyper localize this all day long. You're probably not over recruiting a guy like Jamarian sharp. You're probably not, you, you don't have Stansberry being like, well, I'm looking to replace you, mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter when a coach's job is on the line. And their livelihood is on the line and they got to go home and say, Hey, to their wife and kids or their husband and kids and say, I'm, I got to get this done. Then they're going to go put a roster together that says, Hey, we're going to win ball games. Or if we don't, I'm answering for that. So the transfer portal allows for that for, mm -hmm. for as much transfer and churning and changing as players have nowadays. Don't think for one second there aren't coaches that are just like, oh, thank God I can dump this roster somewhere because I'm ready to restart. This didn't work this year. I'm mm -hmm. ready to go get something different. On the flip side of that, me, 19-year-old me, absolutely wants $50,000 in NIL money. Are you going to sit here and tell me that as a student, you back in the day would have played for the letters as opposed to the number and the name on your back if some other school called you and said, yo, brother, 
I got 45K with your name written all over it over here. Uh, okay. I don't mind sitting here saying right now, I didn't make $45,000 last year. So, and I won't make $45,000 this year. And I'd have to sell all of my Pokemon cards to make $45,000 next year. So it's just like, don't sit here and tell me, oh, it's loyalty this and it's loyalty that. And it's, you got to play for your school. No, no, you don't. And here's why. Because you don't have the money to keep them there. Like, I'm sorry, I, a scholarship just isn't the same as it used to be anymore. And that's okay. But the value of the dollar has changed. I'm sorry, like people can be mad about inflation all day long. And that's a separate podcast. But the American dollar isn't as valuable as it was five years ago. It won't be here. And it's going to be worth even less next year. So you're going to sit here and tell a kid, hey, you can make $50,000 if you come play for my Power 5 school right now. Okay, where do I sign that dotted line? Mm -hmm. And where does my mom and dad sign? Because we are out of this business. See ya. Like, I just, it. that's a, no. No, you don't ever tell a kid, uh, you can't, mm, that's not loyal. Nope. Nope. You go make right. money when you can. Be sure to catch the uh, Joe Biden economy episode of the Next <laughs> Meet the Press podcast. I All mean, right. I'm not even necessarily trying to talk economy. It's just, it is. We are not getting into that. Last yeah, question. You got to make question. money. Short answer, and then I'm wrapping it up. All One right. place you would sign an NIL deal for tomorrow. One place. Me? Yeah. Name one spot. Who would you want to who would you want to represent? The Colorado School of Mines. You're you looking like at me. Business, you guys are, a business? You do you mean like a business or do you mean like a, a college? Like a place. Like a like a like a oh. business. Like a place. Oh, oh a business? Oh, yeah. I would definitely sign an NIL deal with the athletic because they would put up with my like long words. Oh, and like okay. my like like I don't know hoity toity like writing my, I guess. I feel like but 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 in all seriousness, colleges. I wanted to go to the Colorado School of Mines growing up uh, because they always sent me literature about the Rocky Mountains and studying geology. And it should surprise no one that at some point in my life I wanted to study rocks. And so I legitimately. Plus they do they well Homefield actually just picked up their like logo for like their old school material. Oh, and I know Western, I'm, I'm pretty sure Western's on home field as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to when, when Murray state finally gets it, but like, yeah, no, I absolutely Colorado school Colorado of mines. I wanted to study. I wanted to study geology in the Rocky mountains. And then I just decided I didn't want to move that far away. So yeah, Colorado yeah. school of mines is where I'd sign an NIL. I got to prove that I have a rock here. I got Jared, what's yours? Where I would sign an NIL deal. Yeah. See, I would keep my options open and try to get multiple and try to uh, maximize that. Um, okay, but you know, well, we don't, we're not playing college. Athletes, we're not playing college sports. Um, but if we're talking like sponsorships, yeah, I'd take them from a lot of places, you know, like bad boy mowers. I mentioned the bad boy mowers crossover classic, <laughs> an excellent event in Sioux Falls, South Dakota at the Sanford Pentagon. You know, That's like awesome. if, bad, if, if bad boy mowers wants to sponsor us, I would take a bad boy mower sponsorship because they're quality mowers at a reasonable price. <laughs> I love this style, Tyler and Jared. So yeah, no, seriously. So this is, I have a massive rock collection actually, which should, again, surprise oh no my one. Gosh. This is a natural crystal that I found in uh, Trigg County growing up. Uh, it's got a couple small fossils in it, but yeah, this is a natural crystal formation. I believe it's quartz uh, that was found in, uh, in Trigg County. And Good I have it, I have it as a doorstop. It's phenomenal. 
Um, mine would be. I feel like mine is dumb now. No, no, no! It can't be dumb. No, there's no way. Bad boy mowers in Colorado School of Mines. Come on, you got to come if in. I'm with a something. college kid and I want a sponsorship. Like I'm in the South. Give me cookout, man. Like no, that's amazing. I love me, cookout. I go to oh cookout so much. Give me they're a always... tray at night. It's like be uh, done. Two oh, quesadillas and a cheerleader. The number of Thanksgivings and Easter's I have spent at the cookout drive-through. It's oh nuts. yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal. Give me those dude. trays. Give me those trays. So, so I have a cookout story. Number one, everybody, the, you want to talk about, you want to talk about Ja Morant? I'll bring this all back. We talked about Ja so many times at the cookout in Murray after the game. It's like, we got to hit the cookout. We got to sit here and talk about all this. And like, we just did. And Tyler was in for some of those visits. I was going to say, I think I was there for some of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. So we hit the cookout, Harky, myself, Brian Edwards, Gage Johnson. Uh, I think Keith Jaco was there for a couple. Tyler's been there for a couple. And uh, Blake Sandlin, don't want to forget my boy Blake there. We all literally would go to cookout after these games with Ja for two years and just be like, what did we just freaking see? And so talk about the whole team on top of that. Uh, cookout, I literally, so I, my wife is diet Catholic and I am, you made a face there. She's so what? she's, she's diet Catholic. You've never heard that before? No, I'm from yeah, she, North. We don't. We're not she, as she, like religious as you guys. She, <laughs> she's she's just diet Catholic. Like we'll you know we'll attend mass. You know we were married in a Catholic church. She'll attend mass, not just Christmas and Easter, but other times. But she just she you know she doesn't practice Ash Wednesday, but she does practice it. And so that makes sense. Makes sense. There there was one year, in, early in our relationship, where I became unshapely, and it's because I had Snickers milkshakes from cookout for a month and a half. And I don't mean just like five or t you know six milkshakes. I had like three Snickers milkshakes a week. And because they're divine, they are divine. I would literally I could I could pitch them. They're a perfect mix of like nougat and chocolate and caramel and it's just freaking phenomenal. And so I had like three a week. Well, if you do the math on the caloric intake of a Snickers milkshake, no, it you is don't do that. No, it's legitimately 1500 calories a week extra that I was like, whatever, pile driving milkshakes into my face. Well, when you, you might as well just take the spoon and smear it on your ass because it's <laughs> the same, it's the same effect. It was literally the same effect. Jared, Tyler, I gained 20 pounds. I literally, I did. I went from like 190 to 215 in three months. And I mean, you know, my wife's not going to judge. She's not going to look at me and be like, honey, you, you know, you don't want to do it. But she just kind of took a moment. She was like, what are you doing for Lent? And I was like, I don't know. What do you think I should do for Lent? And she's like, less. <laughs> she was like, she was like, I think we should, she was like, I think you should just hang up ice cream for a month. And I was like, no, I, I can't do that. Like, I just, I love these too much. She's like, honey, I think you should hang up ice cream for a month. And it was like a Jedi mind trick. I was, she was like, you know, hang up the well, ice cream. I was like, I should, yeah. I was like, I should hang up ice cream for a month. And, uh, now I probably have a Snickers milkshake like once every six months. And uh, that's my cookout story. God, it was so yeah. good, but it's seriously, yeah. so, so true. Like you might as well just rub your chest with it. Cause it was the same amount of weight. You know, we, th those cookout milkshakes are thick with like eight C's too. Um, Phenomenal. This, this is the meet the press podcast. We've talked about John Moran. We've talked about the OVC. We've talked about MVC. We've talked about Murray State. We haven't talked about your OVC travel, and we've talked travel and food a lot. 
best travel destination and food you've had, you know, during your time as a reporter? Just to wrap things up, as we've said, wrap things up like four or five times now. Well, we can definitely do another podcast at some point. <laughs> but I love the I love the we we we've hit like uh, the world travelers book here. Uh, the best travel food that I had that was not OVC was Tuscaloosa when Murray State went to play at Alabama, and that was phenomenal. Where? Where? Adam, um, you'd have to ask Adam Wells. We went to a really popular bar- barbecue joint. Two was popular Arch- barbecue joints. Archibalds or Dreamland. I think we went to both. Actually, now that you say that, oh, I. Yeah. I I just remember eating and that's all that mattered to me. And it was phenomenal because I had barbecue bologna at one place. And then I had, uh, which I'm a big proponent of bologna, uh, big, 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 mm-hmm. you know, uh, it is high on my list. I don't care what's in that slice. My wife will look at me and she's like, you know what that is? And I'm like, I absolutely do. And I'd like for you to fry that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think we went to dreamland and to Archibald's. Now that you say that uh, is Archibald's the one that's close to the campus. Uh, that's probably Dreamland. Archibald's is like across the river in Northport, kind of in like a neighborhood. Like if you didn't know about it, you probably wouldn't go. Maybe we did go. We went to, we went to one place the first night we got there and we're like, we got to eat. Let's get eat. Let's eat. And we ate somewhere. And then maybe we ate. I don't remember. You have to ask Adam Wells, get him here on this podcast. He'd love it. We, we, that's probably the best food that I had, um, the entire time covering the OVC or covering Murray State men's basketball in general. As far as OVC food is concerned. I loved the food trip for SIU Edwardsville and and Eastern Illinois. And here's why. Uh, Jimmy John's, that's the home of Jimmy John's. And I know that sounds silly because it's it's a chain restaurant, but I'm a big Jimmy John's sandwich guy. I like sandwiches and it's the original Jimmy John's. So for me, being in that area, I thought it was super cool, you know, to, to be in the home of Jimmy John's. And uh, and eat that. As far as home cooked food is concerned, though, it's got to be Nashville. Anytime I went down for Belmont or Tennessee State, you know, I would just just hone in on Nashville and just pick like a, you know, a random Chinese restaurant. Uh, Ryan Ryan uh, Ryan Hermans and I had like native Indian food a couple of times on the OBC trips. One of those times was in Nashville. So it's just I, I don't know. I'm a dumpster. I'll eat whatever. So I don't have a favorite. Jimmy John's is good, and they've got the Jimmy, best. Jimmy John's is good. They've got the most accurate slogan. Freaky yeah. fast. They, freaky they fast. Are, yeah. They are freaky fast. Like, ba ba ba. I'm loving it. Like, it's solid. Like, no, I I'll walk. Freaky fast I'll walk, is accurate. I'll walk in, and they just download it from what I'm thinking, and it's yeah. already like I'd like a, and it's just on the register. It's like yeah. that's it. That's what I wanted. That that sandwich. I don't even know what's on it, but I'm sure it's exactly what I need. Jared, and, uh, could I please get um, I'm a dumpster soundbite? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm a- on the TikTok that you're going to see the Woo! smear it, smear the milkshake. <laughs> it's going to it's going to be out there on the web. It's That's true. Man. Dance. I, I'm just being I'm just being honest, man. It's true. Like, I, I would just why would I lie to you? That's exactly what happens. You it would be just as effective to take a milkshake and just dump it on your body and smear it. And you would just, you'd be the same effect. Yeah, you guys can find that video, the audio, Facebook, <laughs> YouTube, TikTok, Meet the Press, Instagram, we Twitter. Love and you can hear the podcast anywhere you get your podcast, like Apple or Spotify. Jane.
shameless plug. Do you have, that is a shameless plug. Do you have that shameless plug written as like a script or do you have it like memorized now? No, it's all memory, baby. I think it's on the, I think it's on the computer. That's impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I've got, I've got, I had John Morant stats pulled up earlier, so I'd sound like I knew what I was talking about. I haven't watched a second of the NBA playoffs this year. Thank you all for joining us. Episode eight, shout out to Ed for uh, joining us this week. Anytime, man. Anytime.